I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the microphones. The of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget spinner. some of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. All right, we're back. Better than ever. At some point, we have to get our phones connected to the board. I think that's the way it is, Casey, because every day, me and Leader out there, we're like, what song should we play? And then 90% of the time, we decide that we're just, we're not going to be able to get you a song in time, and you're too locked in on Tom's show to realize that we probably would send something in. So we just say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll do it the next time. And you know what? The next time never happens. So, you know, music is a good thing. And you know what else is a good thing? Taking your kids to Disney. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I'm assuming you haven't, considering you don't have kids in this room. But <laughs> for those that are in the chat, may know what I'm talking about. Um, I went on vacation, and I get back, and I, I genuinely mean this. I feel like I am on vacation now, if that makes sense. You know, you ever spent five straight days with a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 2-year-old uh, in a park that has anything and everything that a kid would want, right. I don't know if I have any money left. And I genuinely mean that. I mean, they, they'll get you down there. Good for Disney. They got a good thing going. Did you win some dad points taking your kids down yeah. there? And some husband points? By... Husband points, mostly. My, pa my, my kids are the most spoiled, rotten brats. I'm trying to figure out if I need to send them off to boot camp. <laughs> I grew up, again, I don't want to say I grew up poor. That's the wrong term to use. I grew up unprivileged, whatever term you'd like to use. But I didn't grow up ever really assuming that I was going to get something when I went to a store, if that right. makes sense. My kids are the opposite. It's like they just, they, they see a stand. It's got something on it they want. By God, they, it's their God-given right to get it. And I, I at some point, I didn't want to ruin the vacation. But at some point, it got to me. And I was at Animal Kingdom, and I was done. I wasn't buying a damn thing again. My kids were all mad. I was, I was ready to go home, call it a day. But the good news is that Bedfred Sportsbook sponsors this show. They do. And the good thing about Bedfred is they let you place bets every night. And tonight is a very special night. Tonight is a night that you get to make all your money back that you either lost, or you get to just pay off. The credit card bill with Betfred money. And I mean that sincerely. So we're doing sincerely. it responsibly, is what you're telling responsibly, me. Responsibly, of course. Right. Tonight is a night that I've stood on this show before. I've staked my claim, put all my reputation on the line for the Browns. People made fun of me. I put all my reputation on the line for 
I guess Georgia twice in a way. I, I knew that Ohio State was probably going to be the play. I didn't really want to openly say that out loud. It ended up being the play. And then I knew for a fact Georgia was going to just absolutely demolish TCU, and that happened. So I am in a, in a little bit of a way three for three so far in this whole Georgia, Tennessee, Utah Utes. I mean, this is good. good point, guys. Yeah, Buffalo God. Bills over the Dolphins. I fought with you on that one, and I lost sure-handedly. I love coming back. This is great. Everyone's telling me how smart I am, even yes, though I'm not smart you? at all. Did you include the uh, company race, the first one? Well, yeah. That's that, right. That was, I didn't even do that. The company well, that, race. Told you guys no, to take no, Tennessee. You also put some money on a, on a, on a Browns future. You also put money on a Browns future to yeah. win the Super Bowl. Well, that's when you know that's the, called the heat check bet, right? <laughs> You're so hot. You're sitting at the table. You're like Casey throwing throwing the dice, and you look over at the guy next to you that you don't even know at about 3 o'clock in the morning in a Maristar in Kansas City, and you say, hey, brother, what do you want? You want an 8? What do you want? You want a 9? <laughs> Woo! That is where I was at with the Browns, Oops. to be honest. And, hey, listen, if the Browns could have squeaked out a few more wins, the hedging would have started. But they didn't, so yep. I lost my money. Here's where I'm at. We'll get towards it towards the bottom of the show. Paul Fritschner has been down. He's been down bad. Paul, last night I told you to stay retired. <laughs> I, told, I told Paul I was to a stay retired. Turns out that the thing that he was asking about betting on hit, of course. Um, you know what? The- I want to know a genuine answer right now, Paul. Yeah. How much money did you lose last night by not winning that bet? Did I put well, your brain in a pretzel there? If oh, you would have made that bet, I, was, how much money would you have won? So okay, so here's what. Yeah, so I I uh, I I had withdrawn most of my money, and I was going to put two units back in to the Betfred Sportsbook to put on the Matt Grimes parlay that he tweeted grimy. out. Well, not the grimy, the college basketball. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. The the one that he put in the replies to the grimy parlay, he put a mm-hmm. second one in there. The thread. And there was a threat, and I was I was going to put two units on that to win. I think ten units. Yeah, it was about plus six, plus five. Yes. Yeah, something like that. And I said, "Here, I'm going to put this in." And then Trace responded and said, "No, period." And I was very busy with what was going on at the time. I was I was scrambling around for a busy night of college basketball. It was Valentine's. I was going over to see Lizzie, and so I was like, "You know, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll sit it out because I was going to watch the other two games anyway." Lo and behold, it's about 11 o'clock. I go, wait, let me, I'm writing a rundown. Let me go check these other scores. Oh, LSU, well, they covered. Penn State, well, well they, they won outright. Well, all right. Yeah, that went three for three. Tough. Tough. So what was it? What, what was it? You, you were going to put what? I think it was about 10. It would have been about a 10-unit winner. 10-unit winner. But man, somewhere in there. Yeah, because I would have put two units on it, so three-leg parlay, and Penn State money line was plus odds. So it's not yep. like it's about ten units. Tough, tough. Right. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's how it goes. Uh, I texted Grimes. I said congrats because if I look, superstitions aren't real. But if I was on it, one of them would have lost. So it's okay. Right, jinxes don't exist. So I picked up something for us here at the office, though. I was I don't know if you've ever been to Disney. There's a Toy. place called Hollywood Studios, and Hollywood Studios they have uh, Toy Story Land. Toy Story Land's pretty cool because I like Toy Story. Toy Story is one of the old school Disney movies. I'm not going to get into, as Ivert would say, politics on this show. But, you know, hey, listen, there's something to be said about Disney. They used to make some really good movies, and I'm not saying they don't make any more good movies. They probably still do. But, you know, Toy Story was a goat. It's an all-time classic. It's great. I'm glad to see they still have it. And while I was there, I looked down at my phone, and I seen 
they brought back the man that they wanted to get rid of, that they realized they Tim? just couldn't do. They got rid of Tim. I don't know if you know the story. You can Google it, do your own research. I'm not here to talk about it. But they brought Tim back while I was there. Don't know if you know, but yeah. Toy Story, is it five? What are they going to yeah. call it? Toy Story 5. Toy Story 5, they had to bring back the big dogs, the guys that make all the money. Turns out that if you can make enough money, then whatever. So Let's do it, baby. So you went to Toy Story Land, and you're yep. familiar with Toy Story movies. Disney, I think, does a great job at theming everything correctly. They swung and missed. You got to have a pizza planet at Toy Story. That makes no sense. They got to have pizza planet. What yeah. do you do at Disney? How do you not have a pizza planet a at Toy Story Land if you're Disney? They have a million dollars and everything right. there. If you look at anything, you're like, damn, that took, I mean, just the bathrooms. You're like, what, what in God's green earth did they spend on this bathroom? And they don't have a pizza planet. I agree, Reed. That's a complete swing and a miss. I don't know. I mean, it had to have been conversated about it's a layup man. It's yeah right that, that, that is that is a layup there's also a layup coming at the end of this show and i'm going to give paulie a chance to get back on his feet here today um okay. we'll see if he wants to take it or not i don't know that's what i missed but i brought this back as a commemorative the only thing i got a question maybe the chat will help decide it stands that's cool we're going to put it over on the desk over here but it also has Andy on the bottom of it. I feel like that's a very important... Um, can he move the legs up? Can he sit? It doesn't really do that, but I think we can manipulate it. I think if okay. we just like break it, it could sit. So should, we should add the question of the day is, make, make, make it a poll of the day. Throw it up there in the chat. We got, you know, people watching. Should he be sitting with Andy with the Andy exposed on the boot? Or should we stand him over there? With the all-time greats such as Reed Mouse, don't know. Tracy Looks Jones. like that's Tracy George Jones. Wright, Tracy Jones, Joe Bob, Burrow, Bob and Marty, Marty, yeah, Bob and Marty, Boblin. and then Marty sitting down as his Hall of Fame self. Um, yeah, sitting or standing, all-time show. Glad to hear Tim's back though, fellas. I missed a lot. I'm not even gonna try to go through what all I missed. The Super Bowl in and of itself. Yeah. Um, a victory lap. What a great game. Fantastic. Ruined. You know, that's how I feel it. I don't even know where to start because I feel like I'm going to sound like a hater and it's going to be one of those situations again where in the chat everyone thinks that I just can't stand Mahomes. It has nothing to do with that specific, <laughs> specific situation. I would have at least liked to see the game play out. That's all. I got ruined of that. We all got robbed of that. Basically... The only situation where I was pissed at the Eagles was two spots. One's unrealistic, I'll admit. Probably shouldn't be mad about it. The other one certainly should be mad about it. It's third and two. I don't remember exactly what point in the game, but I know it was a pivotal point. I think it was the first drive after halftime for the Eagles where the Chiefs went down and scored a touchdown, and it felt like the game was in the balance a little bit. Maybe it was later in the game. I don't know. But it was third and two. When you have a football team like the Eagles, you don't try to get big plays. Just get first downs, right? Like, right. You, I, I get the idea on every now and again, you can try an A.J. Brown deep ball, and they hit one, and it scored a touchdown, and that's all well and good. But it's third and two. No one in the world can stop them running that quarterback sneak twice to get a first down in that spot. It was They were on their own side of the field. They needed to move the ball. They didn't. They tried a play-action pass, and it turned out that, you know, they obviously didn't get it or else I wouldn't be complaining. 
That was probably the most upset I was at in regards to the Eagles' strategies. And then the second one was when the defense knew full well that they were trying to let the Chiefs score. In what world do you not tell everyone in the huddle, our goal is to grab this ball carrier if they're going to if they're going to even attempt to run. I thought they were just going to knee it out. They didn't. They ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Pick the guy up. I don't care. Pick him up and run him in the end zone. Right. That should have been in the huddle, the conversation. The guy ran the ball all the way down to the one-yard line and then slid. It was so obvious what they were doing. You've got to be better actors than that. If you want to give the Chiefs some credit, they're the best actors in the game. The Eagles, you got to act better when they're trying to... You can't just everyone fall over dead. Mm-hmm. Like At some point, the ball carrier in their mind is going to be like, wait a minute. They're wanting me to score, so maybe I shouldn't. Like, it definitely raises some red alarms. I was actually at a friend's house who is big on the, this thing is scripted, this thing is all rigged, and he watched that, not recognizing what was going on, that the Eagles were trying to get the Chiefs to score, and he sees that the guy doesn't go for the tackle. He's like, oh, my God! He actually got his remote and replayed the play. He's like, this guy could tackle him, and he just moves away. And we had to tell him, like, hey, man, yeah. like – they're, they're, they're trying to let him get in the end zone. Let's calm it down with the this thing's rigged. But you're right. They should have picked him up and threw him for six. And he and he gave him an opportunity to do that because he ran, you know, right. right next to the one-yard line. And the other thing I see that it's just so tiring, and I don't know if we sit here and talk about social media again. I could get into a, a really long conversation about the social media and just the, 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 the realities of what it is and why it's really – kind of terrible in a way for our society in a long in a long-winded way i won't do that um but just the idea that that this guy should be awarded as a hero for not running the ball in the end zone because he slid at the one yard line give me a damn break he was told in the huddle that he was supposed to slide he didn't just magically think on his end that he's going to be a hero and not not score a touchdown in the super bowl or whatever other crazy stuff that people are putting on Facebook and Twitter. The guy's not a hero, okay? He's not a hero. He slid out the one-yard line when he was told to do that. And he and he, and he's probably should have not ran the ball as close to the end zone as he did. But that's here nor there. Can you think if somebody, if that cornerback that was there had, like, the awareness in a split second to just push that guy an extra yard in? Yeah. I watched that back, and it was... He, pick him up! He definitely he could have done that easily. Literally pick now, him up. Now, it takes a lot of awareness in a split second to do it, but... Yeah, I I don't. That was the most frustrating part at the end because I was already mad they called the penalty, so you're already your your tension's already high. Coupled that with the fact that the guy that played quarterback is going to be considered the goat because he threw for 180 yards and threw to two wide open guys for touchdowns. Um, so he's now crowned as the goat. Uh, that was frustrating. And then the guy didn't get carried in the end zone. Yeah, it's tough. And the difference with with him getting carried into the end zone because you look at like what happened with the Ravens and the Bengals back in in the wild card game. That's a different, obviously, different scenario because there was a lot of time left on the clock. But a lot of people will say, "Well, don't let him score." Because even remember the Bengals and the Chiefs last year, there were some people saying, "Well, let the Chiefs score right. in the in the AFC Championship and Trace game, was, or not the AFC Championship game, but the regular season game." Trace was was. Yeah, for them to score. and and then you get down to it and you think, well, it, it, it's different in this one 
in letting them score in, in like the Bengals situation, it's different in this one where I w most of the time I would say don't let them score. But in this situation where you're out of timeouts, they're going to just essentially take a knee. It's different than them having to run plays and let them score. Right. You know, when they could fumble the snap, something could go wrong. You take a sack, throw an interception, whatever. This one, they're just going to take knees after right. this. Right. Yeah. Tackle them into the end zone, man. Throw them in there. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. I, I will fully admit. That's the one where I say out loud, I know this is unrealistic of an expectation and something that you should ask of a player to be able to do. But that is, in my mind, before that play started, I knew that the only chance the Eagles had was to try to let them score. And they all just stood around and played dead. They are like, oh, mm -hmm. at least act like you're trying to tackle the guy. And They're if like, not, even pick him up and let him in. That's your northern. King Lou, uh, you know my opinion on King Lou. Um, it's not it's not one that I hate the guy. It's not one that I don't think he's good. It's just that I think that it's sometimes guys get elevated to certain statuses in life that I don't know if they rightfully belong on that pedestal. I have softened my heart a little bit for King Lou as the year has progressed, as I've said before. I think it takes a man to admit maybe when he's wrong, you can formulate an opinion after more things that come to your you know, come in your purview that you see that you're like, well, maybe I was, maybe I missed the boat on this one. I'm not fully here to, to say that if King Lou would have left, this defense would have been a Ray. I'm not here to say that if King Lou would have, you know, somehow doesn't, he's going to take this defensive coordinator job, but let's just say that he decides he's going to retire and decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. I still think the Bengals would be relatively fine. Maybe they wouldn't be as good. And as they say in football, it's a game of inches. Small things matter. You know, a point here, a point there, the difference. Maybe he is the difference. And I will say, dollar in the jar, first one back. You brought the point up yesterday that as soon as it was announced that Lou was coming back, the betting odds for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, although it didn't change dra drastically, it changed. And I think it was more of a notion of not maybe him being the difference, but maybe more of the difference of, people being excited for the Bengals and then obviously placing their bets on the Bengals. So then therefore the books made their changes, but it is a big deal. I don't know how big of a deal it is yet, but it's worth something. And you guys are excited about it, which is a good thing. I, I do see in the chat from time to time, not going to call people out. I do get worried for Bengals fans, any fan base. When the notion becomes, if you don't win the Super Bowl. It's a bad year. I just It's just such a terrible spot to be as a fan. Because as much as I'd like to think that if the Reds were good, who's the team in town that I care a lot about, if the Reds were really good for multiple years and they went to the NLC, NLCS and they went to the World Series maybe once and they never won, I don't, I don't want to be in a position in my life to where I'm viewing Reds baseball as if they don't win the World Series, I can't fully enjoy it in a way maybe i'm reading those people wrong but it's so hard to win the super bowl so damn hard that i just don't want to fall into that trap i don't i don't want people to feel like that's what it is i know i get why it's that way but you guys are you are you leaning that direction or where is your fandom at at this point well we've talked about that a lot and it's not only the fact that you open yourself up for disappointment at the end of the year is when that's your expectations even when you achieve it 
it doesn't feel as nice, right? It doesn't it doesn't feel as great when that is the only thing because like, that's where you set the bar. Is we got to win the Super Bowl or else it's a loss. Because even if you win, you're just like, oh, man, like that's what we expected to do. So you can't put it there. But as for King Lou, that's huge. Continuity in football is so big, and you're seeing that across the board is these teams that become great, the coordinators go away, and the one team that kept on to their coordinator for years and years and years, the Kansas City Chiefs with Eric Bieniemy, they've shown that, and maybe Eric Bieniemy isn't the the blueprint, the the master keeper. Andy Reid? Yeah. To chief success, but there's something to be said for continuity, and you don't see it in the NFL, and the Bengals for a third straight year are going to keep their coordinators and their coach and their team all together. Well, look at the Eagles. Now Nick Sirianna, we're going to find out real quick what kind of a coach he is. Yeah, they lost everyone. They yeah. lost, lost both coaches, right? Yeah. So that's where continuity is humongous in a sport where there's constant movement, constant uh, departures. We're not seeing that with this Bengals team, which gets people even more excited. Staying on continuity football is what what part of the I don't even know where to go with this. What part of Eric Bieniemy does everyone else in the league know that we don't? Right. Clearly, there's something. The guy doesn't go this long without getting a job if they don't have some sort of inclination as to why or or maybe he because the role that he's under correct me if I'm wrong, is far different than being a head coach of a team. And that's kind of where I've always made the argument as to why maybe it's not so much about the things that some people want to bring up about being a me of why he's not getting a job versus right. why he is as to why I just say, listen, he's not really the coordinator. Travis Kelsey has came out on his podcast and he's come out after the game and he and he said time and time again that Andy Reid is the guy that's making this stuff happen. Yeah, right. And on top of that, if he's a bad interviewer, it just it just seems like obvious as to why the guy why the guy doesn't get a job. What does he do though is the question I have because there's something he does. He doesn't just get to go to the Chiefs practices and he doesn't get to just be in the building and make a bunch. Well, I, it's still a bunch of money to me. Make a bunch of money for nothing. So if someone could explain to me what that guy actually does, then maybe I can come to a. I can come into the. I don't want to call it the woke crowd, but the crowd that wants to sit there and get loud on Twitter every year as to why this guy isn't getting a job. It's ridiculous. Well, it's gotten to the point where like he's not even being entertained as a a head coach. And part of that was because the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl, but you didn't even hear the the rumors flying around Eric Bieniemy getting a job this year. Now, the rumors are that he's got to go take an offensive coordinator job at other teams. Like they're talking about he might go take the offensive coordinator job in I believe Seattle and then also Washington, which is just hilarious that this guy's got to go make a claim somewhere else and and that's where from the periphery it looks like is that he's got to go to a different team. He can't sit underneath Andy Reid. He can't sit as the, the offensive coordinator of a Patrick Mahomes team and, and get all the credit anymore. And now he's got to go make a name somewhere else, which might be. like there. There's rumors that he might go take an offensive coordinator job for, like, Washington. Another rumor is that he puts pineapple on his pizza and that that can be divisive <laughs> in a locker room. I'm a pineapple on pizza guy. I don't know about you guys, but... Paul, you don't seem like a, pine, a Hawaiian pizza kind of guy. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge pineapple guy. I just buzzered you, by the way. No one can hear you because you don't have headphones on, but pineapple on pizza is ridiculous. Have you tried it? Yes, it's I great. have. It's, 
it just doesn't. I just don't get it. <laughs> it so you've tried it? I've tried it. It's mid. Mm. Mm. I love pineapple. I love pizza. Just not together. I don't think there's a bad pizza out there. No, oh, that's definitely wrong. That's yeah, wrong. That's, uh, that's wrong. That's wrong. We can make a strong argument. <laughs> Granted, I've never had anchovies on pizza, but oh. Supreme Pizza is great. Triple yeah. Meat Pizza is great. Yeah, Meat Lovers is fantastic. I'm not a huge sausage guy. They're, they're all fine. I'm they're not all a good. huge sausage. Like, ah, it, if it's the only thing there, like I'll eat it, but I'd never order it. It's a little you mix start mixing in that sausage flavor with the pepperoni. Just, just need the pepperoni. Not ah. Not a big fan on a, when they replace the pizza sauce with barbecue sauce on like a barbecue pizza. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, chicken bacon ranch pizza from La Rosa's. Yeah, I don't Ooh. like when they replace the sauce with ranch. I oh, like see that now that do we put do we dip pizza in ranch here? Is that a common thing? I do not. I do not. I I do think All that right. might be decent though. I would it, try that. That's good. I mean, my weirdest food take is that I put I don't like mustard, so on my cheese conies I put sour cream. On the cheese conies, Ooh. done it for years. That delicious. Good. Okay, I wouldn't. Sold? I wouldn't knock that till I try. I mean, it. could you put sour cream like on regular Texas style chili? Like you know, sometimes you throw it in there with your cheese and crackers and beans. That sounds good. I'm in. All right, let's go. Right. Pizza chef, shout out. He's from Ross, so he's, he's getting that. some some Millville, some Millville yeah, pizza. Yeah, man. I'm all about some pizza Love chef it. now. Uh, what's next on the list? Valentine's. Yeah, we, we skipped all the way through co continuity and football, and it's college basketball Valentine's. I saw this. I'm sure, Paul, you saw this yesterday, watching college basketball. Maybe you guys did, too. Um, they did this thing is you got to give Valentine's out for, for Valentine's Day. And we did buy or sell throughout the football playoffs. So in honor of Valentine's Day, we'll do this. Who is a team that is your Valentine, that you're in love with, that you think is great? Who are you heartbroken about? A team that may not live up to the hype. And then who's your secret crush in college basketball this year? Ooh, who's a team, I, I like this. Who's a team that you kind of like, hey. Paul likes the ba the college basketball So segment. we'll open it up with our college basketball guy. All right. Paul? So who am I in love with? Yeah. Oh, you know who has my heart. Alabama. The Crimson Tide. God, they're just so good. And, I mean, they looked bad against Oklahoma, but every team is due for a bad game. Every team is due for something like that. They've run through the SEC. They have they have not only dominated the SEC, but they have looked. There is an argument to be made, and I was listening to Matt Norlander talk about this yesterday on his podcast. There is a argument to be made that Alabama has another gear that they haven't even gotten to yet, like that they haven't even been playing their best basketball, and they're winning every SEC game by ten to twenty points. Mm -hmm. It's it's incredible. Love Alabama. What was the next team? We'll go to who, who are you in love yeah. with, Trace? We'll go around. I uh, was in love with them from last year. I have not got an opportunity to watch them a bunch this year. I watched them on two occasions. Both times that I've watched them, they look just as good as they did last year, if not better. I think they were the best team in college basketball last year, which makes me think they're probably the best college basketball team this year, and that is Houston. Yeah, they've mm. got a great defense. They're live, just playing a bad league, so you don't get to watch them a whole lot. Right. You don't get to play a whole lot. And thanks to Thomas for the super chat. That's right. Thomas is the man. Let's go, Thomas. They used to make peanut butter and jelly pizza what? at Tiffin University, and it was miserable. So, yes, there are bad pizzas. That sounds absolutely horrendous. If you're in Tiffin, just go ahead and go to Jolly's. There's a Jolly's right down the road there in Tiffin, Ohio, just like there is here in Hamilton. Peanut butter and jelly on anything is terrible. No one can no, order that sober, right? Like, Say that again? No one can order that sober, right? 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to, to, Sounds quote, gross. to quote, quote you, tough. Tough. By the way, I went to, like, talking about peanut butter on food, I went to Boston like 10 years ago, and I go to, I think it's like, the, like a Sam Adams brewery up there or something close to it. They put peanut butter on a cheeseburger. It was pretty good. I know, Paul, you that can't sounds, do that, but it was that pretty good. Fun. I love peanut butter. I eat it by the spoon every night. That sounds fun. I'll give I'll give my love for yeah. college for college basketball. And you guys said the other two best teams in the country. I'll go ahead and I say I've watched them a lot. Purdue. I mean, Zach E. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, Brandon is Brandon. out. P Purdue has a guy. I was all in on Purdue, and then I got screwed this weekend. I've mentioned oh. it. Zach Eady is going to get his every single time he goes no, out there. No, he's not. You see the Northwestern finish? They double-teamed him, and he sucked. He still had 25 points, went 7 for 10 from the field. The final minute, all he needed to do was put a layup in, and they win. And they double-teamed him. He turned it over twice. The guards threw it away. Purdue's a fraud. Purdue's wow. <laughs> I love the hot take. You know what? My man, my man, for someone that never gambled before, all right? And we always I'm doing it responsibly. responsible gambling here at Chatterbox Sports with Bedfred, the Sportsbook of Cincinnati. The thing about it is that he reminds me often of the guy that was in um, Hardball. Remember, remember the the yeah. uh, remember the movie Hardball? I believe is the name of it. Where Man, that ain't no Sammy Sosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach Eady's a great player. Love by it the when way. you call but, me Big oh. Pop. And my man's standing standing at the bar or wherever he's at at yeah. the beginning of the movie, and he's just he's just pacing back and forth. That's what I think of when I hear Seho go on these rants about players and coaches and teams. He is just all out on somebody. If you, I tell you what, if you don't cover the spread with Seho, forget it. Done. Done. D-U-N. Done, as Tom would say. We have a D, we have a do not bet list and new bettors, <laughs> new bettors, the second that they bet on a team or bet big on a team and they lose, God, never bet them again. Never. Never. Done. 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 No one is ever allowed to bet on Ohio State basketball. I mean, oh that, well, you can bet against him. My been, God, yeah, yeah, that's a millionaire. Like, yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been I mean, betting. We've been making betting against him for a Who's while. Who's your love, Reed? My love was my, my love was Purdue. Purdue, that's I right. I love Purdue. Zach ah. Eady, I think he's inevitable. I think that they do. I mean, the, the blueprint to beat him. You mentioned on ways to to work around Eady. I yeah. still think he's still going to get twenty five points. He's still going to get eleven rebounds. Well, and the other thing, the other thing too, and you I, see the white boys have missed some shots. And, and not to cut you off there, but the other thing too is that the, that's really the first time this year that we had seen them get that look. They adjust to it, you know, like we right, haven't, right. you know, They'll if they out. if they get it again, they figure it out. So, um, all right, well, all right. if, if Fletcher Purdue's Royer frauds, but we'll get into that later. Man, you think Purdue's a fraud? All right, all right. Uh, who yeah. is who has broken your heart this year? Yep. Who is a team that you had high aspirations for? And I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing this segment. Trace and I. Are I'm glad we're doing this segment today and not in three weeks, folks, because it'll be a different answer. But go <laughs> for, ahead. For, for me and Paul. Trace and I are probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Trace and I are probably going to have the same answer here, maybe. So Trace, I'm going to let you go first because I don't want my 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 mine's Dayton. Oh. Mine's yeah, preseason okay. top twenty-five. I, I, I was, I had high hopes for the Flyers. They're a local team. I lived in Dayton for ten years of my life, and I have a soft spot in my heart for them and that fan base because I felt like what happened to them during COVID was just tough. I mean, that was a genuine national championship type team. They had one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country, that year. And I know for UD fans, this brings up probably a little bit of heartburn. But I was hoping that maybe this year that was going to be a team that would kind of put that in the past a little bit for that fan base. Mm -hmm. 
they've not done that. They've been they they started off a little slow. I got on the, the the Twitter Bird app and said, "Listen, everyone needs to calm down. This team's gonna be fine." They had some injuries, and I still hold out. There's a sliver of hope that I have that they're gonna win the A10, make a run in the tournament. Everyone's gonna forget about it. Not a big deal. If they don't, which is a tall task, put it at like a twenty percent chance they do that. That's my heartbreak. Okay. Okay. Paul? You went more off the beaten path than I thought. I was I was sticking around with some of the bigger names in the sport. Um, and so I'll stick with it. Arizona um, is mine. They are really? they only have four losses on the year. They're 22-4. and four, But the way they have lost to those games, it's kind of like Xavier losing to DePaul and Butler, where like the way that Arizona has lost those games, where they're big guys who you could argue Arizona has one of the best front courts in the country. Um, I... Arizona and Tennessee have lost their games in very similar ways where they just kind of look flat and they look, they don't look good. And, and uh, I know they've only lost four games, but if you're going from the teams at the top that scare me and that I really want to love, and then I know inevitably I'm going to pick Arizona two or three rounds too far in, in my bracket. I know that's coming and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to pick them into the elite eight. And they're going to lose in the second round, but so it goes. So he's he's predicting his heartbreak. He sees Oh, I see it coming. He sees this girl and he's like, She's bad news, but I can't stay away. I can't, man. I can't, can't stay away from, from Arizona. I can't. I can't stay away because I'm gonna pick him into the Elite Eight, and then some scrappy team's gonna show up on Saturday night, and all of a sudden we're gonna be watching some other game, and then all of a sudden Arizona Oh, they lost? Oh. Tough. tough. Who's your crush, Reed? This isn't my crush. This is this is my heartbreak. Oh, that's right. This is my heartbreak, and I'm surprised neither one of you guys said this, and maybe it's just too easy to say it out there. You could go North Carolina, preseason number one, probably still might not make the tournament. They're right on the edge, but more so, has a team ever brought back the national player of the year like Kentucky did and not made the tournament like Kentucky's not going to unless they win the SEC championship? Yeah. SEC tournament? Kentucky's, they got to be the heartbreak, right? I mean, they brought back Oscar Sheboy, national player of the year. We went to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. He's got a big old poster right there on the street. Oscar Shibway. And they're not even going to be in the tournament. That's my heartbreak. Yeah, okay. I didn't I guess I kind of missed the the prompt on that one. Kentucky was, is a great answer. There was no there was That's no who problem. I thought you that's I that's who I thought you were going to go with. I thought you might have gone with North Carolina. Um that's let's good. go to the last one. What was the last one? Who is your, your, your secret, crush? Who is your secret crush? It and and these are posed however you want to answer them. Who is a team that you're you're secretly crushing on? Like, this is a good squad. This is a very good squad. I got a good one for this. Okay, go ahead, because I don't know if yeah. I have an answer yet. I'm going to tell you a team that you probably haven't watched. Uh, unless you're a nerd and you stay up late and you got you nothing better to do and you like Paul. watching TV at night. Oh, this Paul. is a good answer. This is a very good answer. They play out, they play out on the West Coast. Uh, they get after it on defense. They are very athletic. They're long. They got everything in a team that you'd want. They might not make shots. That's the concern I'd have for the tournament. They might not make shots, and I think that they're going to get, what would it be, underseated, overseated? They'd be underseated was probably the term to use there. I don't think they're getting as much respect as they deserve, and that's San Diego State. If you've not watched them, they're a great team to watch. They're fun, and I think that in the tournament, they're a an Elite Eight type team. I'm just worried they're going to get matched up with a you know, I don't know. Some team like a Creighton in the second round. It's, it's some some really good team that plays really well 
where San Diego State, if they got a chance to play them 10 times, they would beat them seven, but it just so happened in the tournament, that's not how it works. Um, a la Wichita State, the most screwed team of the NCAA tournament in the history of the bracket. Uh, for for what it's worth on Lenardi's bracket, which I know isn't isn't the, the gold standard, not not very well liked, but San Diego State's currently a seven seed playing Texas A and M, so that's yeah, where, that's currently where they're at. Bracket matrix, they're the third six seed, so yeah, they're right in that right in that six right seven there. seed range. So, yeah, San Diego State. I haven't watched them, but I've heard good things. They're, in the last month, what's their kin palm? I bet I bet San Diego State from like a statistical perspective probably is pretty elite. Sixteenth. Yeah, they're 16th on Ken Palm, and you, there's another site called BartTorvik.com that ranks teams based on how they played since a certain date. Yeah, um, and 18th in the, in the net. And in, in the last month, San Diego State is the third best team in the country behind only Purdue and Alabama. So there you go. It's a you guys see your crush? Um. Go ahead. I'm deciding between two teams right now. Go ahead. My secret crush isn't so secret, but I feel like. It's kind of almost this Derek Jeter thing going on with Indiana basketball where huh? everyone is waiting on just the like, God, they're so overrated. They're so overrated. They're going to lose. They're nothing. But without their starting point guard, Xavier Johnson, they keep winning ball games in the Big Ten. And they've got a big one against another sleepy team in the Big Ten, which is Northwestern, who's low-key the third best team in that conference. Indiana basketball is good. And I know they're they're ranked. I know people talk about them all the time because they're a blue blood in Indiana, or maybe maybe they're not a blue blood. I don't know how that all works anymore. But they're still continuously winning ball games. Be Purdue at home, and everyone's like, "Oh well, now they're gonna s fall on their next spot." And here comes Brandon saying, "I bet them against Maryland, and they lost." Is that true? Am I on the money? No, I was gonna say the, or maybe I did. Yeah, I was gonna say Purdue fraud again because <laughs> you bet against. Them. <laughs> but. Indiana is a team that everyone's waiting on them to, to start floundering, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. This is a this is a, probably a cop-out answer. I'm just not hearing a ton about them this year, but they're the 10th best team on Ken Palm. They're playing great basketball. They picked up some weird losses this year, and they just won the national championship. But you're just not hearing a ton about them. That's Baylor. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't. It seems to me like – Baylor's kind of sort of flying-ish under the radar, but they just keep winning. They're in a crowded league. They're in a very crowded Big 12 right now, yeah. but they've only lost one game since January 7th, and that was to Texas. That was a five-point loss to Texas on the road at the Moody Center. That's a tough place to play. Texas is playing great basketball. I know they just lost they last lost night the, or two uh, nights ago. Didn't they lose in the, the SEC? Texas Tech. Baylor didn't Baylor lose in that SEC cross town or lacrosse whatever? Oh, they call the it? SEC. No, they beat Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, by three. But but I just think Baylor took on some early losses before the new year. You know they they but they don't have a bad loss, and I'm just not hearing a ton about them. So that's not exactly like a secret crush. It's just more so of. Uh, you know. I, well, I think everything and everyone in the Big Twelve isn't is not getting talked about enough because it is such a gauntlet and that these teams will lose, right? They'll lose in this conference. So it's hard to determine who's going to come out of that conference. So everyone's just like, man, the Big 12 is great. You just talk about yeah. it collectively. Like, and Kansas, it, you never know what's going to get. It is pretty wild looking at the conference metrics, and I know everybody can argue about it, but I listened to a podcast debating it the other day. The Mountain West is a higher-rated conference right now than the ACC is. It's crazy. Mountain West is the sixth-best conference in the country ahead of the ACC and the AAC and the West Coast Conference, too. 
The sad Can't, thing about the, the West Coast Conference is this, though, is if you watch their games. You mean the Mountain West? Mountain, Mountain West. West I'm West sorry. What I, okay. what I say? You, was, you said the West Coast. West Coast. My bad. Mountain West. Is that when you watch their games, I think just as a pure spectator, it is a good league. I, I watch it. I'm like, these are good players. They're right. making good plays. They are playing well. The truth is, though, we heard this story told to us last year. Spurlock's brought it up in the chat. And they went 0-4 in the tournament. And the sport has become, and this is whether it's good or bad or indifferent, I don't know. But the sport has become now to where what you do in the tournament is the only real measuring stick people use for anything. Correct. You can play well all year long. You get bounced in the first round of the tournament. Kentucky was a fraud last year. Kentucky was a damn good team last year. Kentucky was one, if not, again, I said Houston was. Kentucky might have been the best team in the tournament last year. It just so happened that on one night, one team got hot. And to give Kentucky some credit from last year, that St. Peter's team made a run. It's not like they got beat by 30 the next They beat the Purdue. They beat Murray State. They, yeah. they beat good teams just after they beat Kentucky. So it wasn't like it was a one-hit wonder. I just can I concern myself for us to sit up here on this podium that we sit on right now and we say, listen, the Mountain West is really good. In the back of my head, last year, they didn't win a game. Yeah. So I'm going to put myself out on the limb and say that the Mountain West is going to show better in the tournament this year. I've watched enough of their games. I do think that there's some teams that are, depending on who they get matched up with, could possibly be bad news bears for them because they have some what I would call finesse teams in that league. They're not, they're not going to bang down low. But a Utah State who's not even in the tournament right now, Paul, Yeah. if a Utah State were to get in the tournament and – and just have a couple decent nights, not even great nights for them, just a couple decent nights shooting the ball, Yep, they could make the Sweet 16. And they're not even going to supposedly make the tournament right now based off of the bracketology, which brings me to a little, my last point. Can someone in the chat, you guys, can I get a better person than Joe Lenardi? The I guy sucks, all right? He stinks with a capital S. The guy was first to market. Give him all the credit in the world. He was like the Walmart. Joey Brackets, come on. He was the Walmart of convenience stores. And that's what he is. He is the Walmart of convenience stores. No longer is the best at it. I, I look at his bracket sometimes and I'm wondering, why is this team seated here and there's another team seated here? It makes no sense. And somehow this guy gets praised every year as being the best. When I know for a fact, and I haven't done my research, done, haven't done my due diligence, which I should... I should openly admit, there's without question someone better at this than him. Well, not, who is it? Not Everett a, Henry says, "Let Paul do it." Not not only um, not only is there somebody better, uh, Trace. There are 87 bracketologists better than Joe Lenardi. Um, there is a website called BracketMatrix.com, which aggregates every of every one of the best. 120-ish bracketologists in the country. They update it every day starting in February. They update it through the season, but in February, they update it every day. And uh, it just takes every bracket from every bracketologist and puts it in one place, and they take the average seed of every bracket and put it in there. So you can get a pretty good idea of where your team's going to be. And then you can also see individually how each bracketologist does. And Joe Lenardi's 88th out of 148 ranked bracketologists. So... If that tells you what you're listening to there, he's great. He's entertaining. He, I think he has become self-aware of that in the last couple of years because people have criticized him so much now that Bracket Matrix has become a bigger thing. But when it really boils down to it in the, in the NCAA tournament, if you think about this, 
There are 30, there are 64 teams that get selected. Sure, you have the first four. 64 teams make the NCAA tournament. You have 32 uh, at-large teams, and you have 32 automatic bids. 32 teams you know are going to get in. You don't need a bracketologist for that. Of the 32 at-large teams, you have or 36, I guess. Yeah, you have to say 36. Of the 36 at-large teams, you have a pretty good idea of 32 of them. You're really, when it comes down to the bracketologists, you're really debating six teams for four spots. Right. And of the 148 guys that do bracketology at a professional level, a lot of them can get those four teams for six, you know, six teams, four spots better than Joe Lenardi can. And now the other thing that they rank is how close were they on a seed line? Because for the real people that care about this, yeah, it is a that's, snake. That's, that's that's what I want to know. It, it is a snake. So the so the the top left region of the bracket is the number one overall seed, and then it snakes back all the way through. So the seed line, like if you're the third number three seed, then you're the eleventh best team in the country, is how you would interpret that for people that kind of want like yep. the behind the scenes of it. But yeah, like Joe Lenardi is objectively not good at it, but I do find him entertaining. And you bet your ass that I'm looking at those brackets every day and like projections away. I just think it's fun. But yeah, he's if you're looking at Lenardi, expecting him to get it 100% right, then you're barking up the wrong tree. You can just go to bracketmatrix.com and pretty much get exactly what you're looking for. The la uh, really quickly, do you think we'll ever get in a position in society to where people realize that this big committee that they have has become a little outdated to where there's so many fans of this specific thing now. It's where you don't really need to invest a lot of time, effort, and energy in getting this quote-unquote bracket right. If you're sitting here telling me that we have 150 people that are dedicating their lives to try to figure out what the best bracket is based off of the Ken Palms and the rankings mm -hmm. and the, you know, yeah. the quad one wins and all that, we have 150 of these brackets out there. How much money is the NCAA spending? Now, I know they're printing money there when it comes to this tournament, so it's, to a certain point, maybe a mute point. But when do they just sit in a room and they go, <laughs> look at these losers. They think we're working all day. They think we're working hard on getting these brackets. They just pull up John Smith's bracket from, <laughs> from bracketmatrix.com. They literally get that thing queued up right before call it 9:30 a on a sunday selection sunday <laughs> yep, yep. they're just sitting around eating bonbons and whatever else they do all day and they're like collecting their paychecks that has to come through their mind they have to be like and i i'm not going to out the source but there was a very prominent division one baseball coach very prominent very very good baseball coach at a big big eh, at a decent sized school that once told me Listen, there's so many kids out there in this country. There's no way we could see them all. You know what we do? We look at this place. We take the top 100 kids. We look at our needs. And we call on the kids that we need. And then we move on from there. If we like them, we'll recruit them. If we don't like them, we'll just go down the rankings until we right. find some other ones. We got about three different ranking websites we use. They're not looking at kids' tapes that get sent into their college. Mm -hmm. They're just... They're just doing what I suggest. They're cutting to the chase saying there's all these other people out there that are doing this work for me. Why am I going to do it? Why am I recreating the wheel when it's already there? At what point do they do that? Yeah. Probably already do. Yeah. They probably I already mean, do. The bracket matrix is pretty spot on. Every year, it's, it's pretty close. You can get an idea. So Kentucky is their first team out right now. Wisconsin second. Clemson third. Oregon fourth. Utah State is fifth. 
Um, just kind of give you an idea of where we're at. But Kentucky right. can absolutely play C- currently have in. four Mountain West teams in there, so we'll see how yeah. Mountain West. Yeah. Does. See how they do. You said you have a on there college sleeper. I was just yeah. Is there? I'm gonna teams? give you. I'm gonna log in Bedford Sports real fast. I'm gonna give you. Teams that I placed a wager on to win the national championship that I thought were sleeping. Ready for them? Yeah. Connecticut. UConn. Yeah. They were good at the beginning of the I year. I like that. Virginia. Mm, okay. He doesn't like defense. No, I hate Paul, defense. Paul, Paul hates defense. Marquette. Marquette's good. Okay. Ready for this one? North Carolina. Ooh. I don't know. Your preseason one. <laughs> this last year, this last year, this this time last year, North Carolina. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this because I haven't looked it up specifically. They are in the roundabout same position they were in last year, right? Maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Kentucky. And I did put a dollar, a ceremonial dollar, <laughs> on Ohio State because I tuned into the show last week. For about five minutes on my vacation, I had an off day, as we called them, where we didn't go to a park. We just rested. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tune in to some box lunch. Where it was off the bench. Whatever it was. Off the bench. Big boy show. It was off the bench. Big boy show. I'm sorry. And I hear Paul Fritschner tell me through my whatever it was at the phone, phone that Ohio State still had a chance to turn things around. Let me tell you something about Ohio State. They are dog water, as my kids would say. They are cheeks, as some would say. They are terrible with a capital T. I have never seen a team get so much praise, so much credit, so much admiration than the Buckeyes have and be so bad at basketball. Oh, they're bad. They are pitiful. In fact, they're so bad that if I was the director of the National Invitational Tournament, the NIT, the Not Invited Tournament, whatever you want to call it, the defending champions yeah, who's the of the Musketeers, oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't even invite those folks. They wouldn't even be invited a, to my tournament because they're that bad. It's a prestigious tournament. Damn That's right, how bad be. Ohio State is. And you know what? I want nothing more than them make the Final Four. Yeah, they oh, are... Uh, they're 1-11 in, in, in their last 12 against the spread. Paul brought this up. We're just going to auto. So, on not too big, we have a couple of days that we ceremoniously, we have the UCLA underday. Every day UCLA plays. Every time George or Georgetown plays, the Georgetown first, first half, half day. Missed by half a point last missed night. Missed by half a point. And then now it's Ohio State fade day. Ohio State, 1-11, last 12 against the spread. And in those 12 games, they were favorited. And it's looking like six of them. And lost outright. Yep. Incredible. I and and the ones where they uh, were favorites, or they were underdogs, they got killed. Indiana, they lost by 16 as five-point underdogs. Illinois, three-point underdogs, lost by nine. Lost by eight to Michigan. Yeah, when I, when I said that last week, I mean, they still had, well, they still do, have five quad one games left. Go five and one down the stretch. I mean, they're not, they're not going to get in, but they would have more quad one wins than probably – Three-fourths of the country. Yeah. Mouse Cop does not want to know my feeling on Xavier basketball. That's my secret crush. Is it? Yeah, they're terrible. Oh. They're not terrible. That's the wrong term to use, fellas. That's the wrong term to use. They're hurt. I don't even know if they're hurt. I think they... Well, they are hurt. They... I mean, that's a fact. 
Well, yeah, they have a good player that got hurt. <laughs> I'm glad you called him a good player. He used to be out on him. He's a good player, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not even going to beat Xavier down. I, I just don't think that they got, they got the consistency. Every night, I always feel like if Sule Boom doesn't play well, they and, and you could say that about a lot of teams. I get that, right. but I just think that he means way too much to them for as many players as they have. He should be able to go silent one night, maybe score six points, and them not have to like fret over a DePaul or a Butler. I mean, that's just the facts. Colby should play. Colby should be a guy more times than he's than he is. I've not seen Colby be that guy yet, in my opinion. I think Jack Nungy can be a really good player in spurts. There's times where I watch Xavier basketball, and I'm like, dude, if Jack Nungy played on a big, big-time program, he'd be, like, uh, touted as one of the best players in the country. Yeah. And then he just goes completely silent. Yeah, I think Jack Nungy hides In large sometimes. parts of a game. The other thing is, is like, Sule, I'm not sure I'm sold on him because he was so hot at the beginning of the year that he played so well and then in the last few big games Xavier's had, he's been gone. So we'll see. Tonight's a big test. If they were to beat Marquette tonight, I think I'd get back on the train a little bit and think, hey, these guys might be able to make a run. Um, I just don't know. Well, and, and, and a lot of their success has come at home, which is a little bit of another of a concern of mine. They've had, All of their big wins have been at home outside of UConn. Yep. And I don't want to sit here and sound like UConn's you know, good. Number two team in the country. UConn is very good. I don't want to sound like a hater, but if you watch that game, I mean, they had a kid playing in that game that started the game off, which he starts for them, that they dared him to shoot the ball seven or eight times in a row, and he missed all eight. And UConn did everything they want, everything they could possibly try to do in that game, and they lost by three. Uh, so we'll again. I'm gonna. I'm yeah. Uh, you can push back on it. I suspect no. you will. I just. I'm not sold on Xavier being. A team that's going to get out of a first weekend. Um, I think it's. I think it's the 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 thing that scares me with Xavier in, in the NCAA tournament is is they are going to be very matchup dependent. Like, did a, I just think that they they're gonna they're gonna be able to look at the bracket on selection Sunday night and go, oh man, this this region really broke Xavier's way, or oh man, this is going to be a really tough first weekend for Xavier. Um, I'm not going to read too much into this Marquette game tonight with. Uh, the injury issues that Xavier has. I'm not going to read too much into this. If is they, there more injuries outside of just they, Fremantle? Well, I mean, I Sule hurt his Sule hurt his ankle, and and you know, how, how, okay. is he gonna? He didn't practice on Monday. Like, how health? He's gonna play, but like, how healthy is he? You know, it's on the road. I'm not gonna like if they lose by six in this game tonight. I'm not gonna. It's it's not gonna be like a season ender. If they lose by 20 and they look uncompetitive like they did against Creighton. Then you know we'll see, we'll see. I but the pro the game at Providence to me is going to be a huge one for Xavier because Providence doesn't lose at home. That's going to be right there toward the end of the Big East season, right before the Big East tournament. That's going to be a huge and and Zach Fremantle may be back for that one too. So. Is Dwayne Wade playing tonight for Marquette? It's a great question. Is he going to be on the sidelines? All things you have to consider because if he's not playing, Muskie's by ninety. Yeah. Muskies Good luck tonight, play. guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, Paul. Get, you got to get, get Paul back. back. Get Paul back. Uh oh. We do got to get Paul back. And <laughs> I know Paul's probably Casey, are you back or like segment or uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> these guys are dying. Kinda, kinda you know, not. I leave for 
what felt like two weeks. We obviously went out to Kansas City, so we were out of the office for that that time. I came back for one day, then turned had to turn around and then and, uh, obviously went on uh, vacation, is what we'll call it. And I get back and I, I I look around and there's just there's dead bodies everywhere around here. Oh, there's just, dead just guys, just guys that don't even want to don't even want to look at the lines. They're just like ah, I can't do it. I don't understand. I'm standing tall. I I don't understand. I I I wonder why we're in the position we're in because when I had left, we were rolling dice, looking around, laughing at people because we were making so much money. The last time I was here. It was really just the Bengals and the Super Bowl, if we're being honest. So the Bengals, you guys got to stop doing this. You guys got to stop doing this. You can't make all this money all year long on the Bengals and then turn around and just hand it back over to the books. That's the one thing that I can't stand about this new challenge, this new craze, this new craze that's going on in social media with the, let's let's take $20 and turn it into $25,000. Okay. I agree. You're just going to donate your 20 bucks every time. Keep doing it, pal. See how long it takes you to get to 25,000. You bet $25, you win. Guess what? You bet $25 again, you win. You bet $25 again, you lose. You're still up money. You do it the opposite way, the way that everyone's acting like it's a it's all this great thing to do. You lose money every time you lose. You're never going to actually win because that develops a side not to get too deep here. It develops a psychological function in your brain that you're trying to actually make you're trying to make a bunch of money doing this really quickly and that's never going to be the case with this. Can you put out a parlay once or twice and it hits for a bunch of money? Sure. But the way you win money, true money is by being responsible with your units and then on top of that, picking spots where it feels like one of two things exist. One, it doesn't make any sense. I've done this my whole entire gambling career. Once I lost my ass the first year I started gambling, which was far too young. And at the time, maybe it was legal, maybe it wasn't. (laughs) You realize that the books know. You realize the games aren't fixed. I'm not suggesting that. We're not getting into that stuff. Rigged. But you realize that they know there's going to be a public perception out there for this team and when they play this team styles make fights and this team's probably going to beat that team because of the style that they're going to play and the advantage that people the average person can't see and that's happening tonight 100 percent. and we're gonna hop all over it and we're gonna get paulie back on his feet Uh oh i want to know paulie i gotta know i don't I, maybe you can write it on a piece of paper if you don't want to share it through the through the airs of the internet but I would like to know how much money you would have won last night if you bet the parlay that I told you not to bet. Oh, I can and if that. you would have won that bet, you can at least admit that you'd be back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't have won back everything that the Super Bowl and the Bengals cost me, but I would have been like, you're back. I'd have been back in the game. Yeah, okay, back uh, in I can the tell game. you that right. Give me two seconds. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Because I know what's going to happen tonight. I already see it. I am going to put a responsible amount, of course. Sometimes I say the 1-800 number amount. But that would be irresponsible. Because if you have a gambling problem, you need to take this serious. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This show is brought to you by Bedfred Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Cincinnati. And I feel great about a game tonight. I know Paul's not going to want to do it. 
Oh, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this. Paul's not going to want to do this, but he's going to have to because the offer I'm going to make. It's too good to refuse. Oh, it's such a good deal. He can't, he, can't refuse. he can't refuse to take it. Oh, God. Okay, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Trace got the script. I did get oh, the script. Oh. Tennessee oh, is going to bend <laughs> over oh, no. Alabama so bad in Knoxville tonight that you're not going to know what happened. You're going to be wondering, is this the same Alabama team that beat Vanderbilt by 100? Is this the same? No. You know who they are? It's the same Alabama team, folks, that just got beat by 30 to Oklahoma. The Sooners. Do the Sooners have this unbelievable basketball program? No, but you know what the Sooners do have? Correct me if I'm right, Paulie, or wrong, Paul. But the Sooners have what I would call a methodical offense, a lot of back screens, a lot of motion, and they're going to run offense, and they're going to run it, and they're going to run it again, and they're going to finally get a backdoor cut because Alabama's going to get tired of dealing with it. And they're going to get a lay-in. And then the Knoxville crowd's going to get loud because Alabama's the number one team in the country and they got a bullseye on their back. And if you ask yourself, in what logical sense does this make any, any relative sense to the common Joe as to why I'm giving, if I'm a Tennessee person, why am I giving Alabama, the number one team in the country, two or three points tonight? Can someone in the chat explain that to me? Alabama... I want to know a player formerly known as Mouse Cop. When I have ha when I've stood up here with a hot take and I've been ice cold. Tell me. When have, I, I genuinely want to know. Tennessee's coming off two losses. It's a get-right game. Lost to Vanderbilt. Lost to Missouri. In what world games. does it make sense that they're, that they're the favorite tonight? It doesn't. It makes no sense at all. And you couldn't you couldn't come up with a, a reason as to why they're favored tonight if your if you if your life depended on it. Which is why I'm gonna put a lot of money on Tennessee tonight. I'm gonna put so much money on Tennessee tonight that I'm gonna get Paul back. Oh god. I gotta figure out what the number is. It's only fifty fifty on scores and odds. Don't worry about what scores and odds is saying right now. Whoa. He's using his mind. He's using his brain. In fact, if anything, the sharps are on Tennessee. Does that make you worried? The Sharps are on Tennessee. That's what I would like. Yeah, I mean, I want to be on the same side as the Sharps. Well, I mean, there's more money are on you, Tennessee than tickets. Uh, there's more. Yeah, 10%. 50 50. What the, is it? 50-50, and One. then the money's 60-40. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Rocky Top, you'll always be. 16 units is what last night would have done to me. Good old Problem Rocky with top. this album. Woo! Rocky Top, Tennessee. Player formerly known as Mouse Cop is struggling right now. You said the intro. The intro shows me saying everything perfect. I don't know. I mean, what do you. I said that if you bet on USC, you're a square. I don't know if you remember, but we went out to Kansas City, and my man over here. McAllister was rolling dice largely because the Utah Utes absolutely manhandled the Trojans in the second half. I don't know if you remember, Mouse Cop, but I'll remind you if you can't remember. Then I turned around and I said that Tom was going to be upset because his TCU team was going to lose in the Big 12 championship. Now it was closer than I wanted it to be. But Kansas State beat TCU in the championship. 
I mean, I got a track record. I don't know why. I'm not even going to sit here and try to convince everybody. I got a track record. Casey's father-in-law with a heck of a joke in the group chat. Not being responsible with my unit is how I ended up with my first kid. That's a good one. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. So you're go you're on Tennessee. Large. Or you could or you could go with my heart. Okay. And take Xavier Moneyline IU to cover tonight. Oh, I I am not allowed to bet on Xavier. So I cannot be on Xavier. I'm not allowed to bet on them. That saves you some money. But Yeah, especially Butler. Because they can't cover. Five and a half point underdogs. Yeah. All right. So All right. So we'll get what Paul you, back. We'll get Paul back. Sixteen units is what I would have Sixteen units. <laughs> Sixteen unis. Sixteen units. Are these <laughs> on that are, these units ten dollars? They gotta be, hopefully. Yeah. If really? these units aren't ten dollars, then we're gonna have to move. Tough, tough, <laughs> tough sledding. Um, that's my take for today. You can laugh at me in the All Discord right. later tonight. You can come back here Friday and make fun of me again. Tennessee is going to get right tonight. They're playing at home. They're playing against an Alabama team that deserves to not be an underdog, but they are. And every time I've looked at lines like this in my life through sports books, the team that makes no sense always wins. So I'm gonna do some more digging. Maybe you can you can get me off this take. Well, but I don't know. AJ Worse just points out Charles Bediaco, which I did not know. Charles Bediaco might not play for Alabama, which would be I mean that would be a massive loss, massive massive loss if they didn't play if he didn't play. So maybe that's it. But I know Tennessee was dealing with some injury issues too. So I, I don't know who's available and who's not um, for Tennessee. But I know that I know that they had injury issues of their own. Josiah Jordan James potentially wasn't going to play and somebody else, I forget who. Um, Does so, Ole Miss play? Because that's another team that stinks. Oh, they do play. I think. Yeah, they play Florida. A desperate Florida team, too, that needs to win. Florida's favored by probably in the nine range. It's on the, should be on the bottom of the screen. Seth, Maybe. he's buying into what I'm saying. Seth, Everybody's been saying Alabama this, Alabama that, roll tide. Look how great of a program they've built there in Alabama. Two weeks ago, I watched them play against Oklahoma, and boy, oh boy, did they get their brains beat out of them. I mean, Oklahoma, who is 12 and, what, 13 and 13, beat Alabama by 35 points. And I'm supposed to sit here and think that Tennessee can't get right. They've lost two games in a row. Why would you even watch that game when Xavier Marquette's on? Yeah, that's the better, other thing, too. I won't game. even, march, I won't even be watching game. You don't need to watch it. I mean, the best thing that happens in life is when you make money not paying attention. That's true. Better be paying attention at 9 o'clock when the Hoosiers come. Oh, is that a big thing with you guys? Because I have over the years have gotten to the point where I don't care. If I see a line I like, I take it. I don't watch the game. I don't care. I did it in Disneyland. Tell you what I did, boys. I put a lot of money on Butler, and the reason I did is because is because I heard Paul Frister sit right over there and said the worst team in the Big East is Butler. They are, and I'd stand. And by I'll that. tell you right now, I don't care if they're playing in Tokyo or they're playing in Sintas or they're playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. He said they don't have a chance against the Muskies. If, yeah. if they are the worst team in the Big East, I would stand by that. If I could stop betting Xavier 
I would be in a different tax bracket at this point, guys. <laughs> That's the only thing pushing me back. I keep betting the muskies, keep betting with my heart. It works with the Hoosiers. The Hoosiers keep covering. But Sanders Muskies, been pretty good against the spread. They just the DePaul and Butler game were massive setbacks. Probably be, I'm you're, I'm gonna guess you went live me. in on that. Yeah, you're yeah. telling me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, just well. in general against the spread, and especially with the over. Yeah. They, oh well. What's for lunch? What is for lunch? Gotta get some suggestions first. Well, you know, Sonic's in there from Servoy per usual. Worst place in the world for food. Oh, come on. It is. Tell it's me it's not. It is concession stand food. By the way, what one? Up. Standing? Standing. Standing. So they don't like the they don't like the don't uh, like the, the idea of the uh Andy being. Matt exposed. Grimes said you should put him like he's laying down, like Andy just walked in the room. Oh true. See, that's why Grimes is a is a is a he's a anyone got suggestions for food? Culver's. They're Culver's. So, yeah, there. Culver's. I was thinking about Culver's last night. I had a dream about Culver's. You had a dream about Culver's? I had a dream about you, I, Paul. Hmm. Nice. Thanks, Reed. Hope it was Anything good. else? <laughs> dream about Paul on Valentine's Day. Uh, hmm. Let's just – can we just go to Culver's? Yeah, let's just go to – just, just go put to. Culver's up there one time and spin it. Because we got to do the Wheel of Lunch. This has become a trend on this show. Yeah, we don't do the Wheel of Lunch very often. Anyone got some other options? Crazy Culver's prices are the same as McDonald's. Hmm. No way. Is that real, Alex? That's not real. Mouse Cop, what do you want? Mouse he Cop's wants mad. Sonic. He's always, he always oh. wants Sonic. Mouse Cop is mad. <laughs> Talks bad about the muskies and he's all on my ass. Where's the integrity? <laughs> what? Just don't on? get your hopes up, muskie fans. That's all I'm saying. I have Don't 50 get your hopes up. I have 50 cents on the Muskies to win the national championship, the Cubs to win the World Series, Notre Dame to win the college football playoff, and the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. If that all happens. What a year for Reed Mouse if that all happens. $400,000 going in the bank account. You'll never see Reed again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gone. Buying season tickets to the Cubbies. All right. So are we going to Culver's? or what? Casey's plucking away over here. What's Casey doing? We got two different wheels. Uh, what? We, we got we got this one. Let's go. That. Oh, that's a, hey. That Throw looks like a good wheel. Throw, Throw that up there. Or we got this one. Nah, no, no, no. I like the other the, wheel. We want the other one. I think we like. I don't the other know. One. Let's do the wheel launch. Let's leave it. All right. Leave it. Spin it. Spin it. We haven't done this in so long. Oh my gosh. See you later, Arby's. All right. See you, Arby's. I like Arby's though. That'd be nice. Well, as long as it's not. Why don't you? Why do you hate Wendy's? I don't get that. There's another Wendy's. We have one on the west side. Yeah. West yeah. Side probably should go to that one. McDonald's. All right. All oh, right. Popeyes, maybe. Oh, 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 pop. See you, Poppers. Popeyes is gone. For us. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! This I like the, the other wheel better. This is the game <laughs> you play. If we go to Jockers, I had Jockers like a couple weeks ago. Didn't do my belly justice. If we go to Jockers. I'm going to Culver's. <laughs> <laughs> is there another Culver's on there, or is that Canes? Oh, oh no. no! We're just knocking out Paul's. It's just this Paul's just hates pick, me today. Picks of the day. Tough. We still got some winners. 
And that's a winner gone. Ooh. Mm. So Sonic and Jocko's got to get off there. Yeah, Sonic's hanging around. That's where we're going to end up going. Oh, There's two McDonald's There was gone. two McDonald's. So why, why couldn't we get two Culver's? So Sonic and Jocko's to get off the screen. Skyline, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I had Skyline for dinner last night. Be, yeah. All right. There we go. God. Yeah, this is not looking we good. We are getting really into the weeds here. <laughs> it's getting thin. We got a it nuclear we got dicey. a nuclear sign up there because <laughs> this lunch is getting <laughs> nuclear sign. dicey. All right, stop, all right, stop, right. stop, stop, stop. All right. Get all right, now I'm cool. I could not go to Jocko's guys. I, I can do I can do Sonic. Boom boom. Oh God! Canes Son and Sonic. Is Mouse Cop gonna get his wish? Sonic is Mouse Cop gonna get his wish? We're going to the winner here. It's gonna go to Canes. This is where it lands on, right? Stop! 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 Sit. Canes haven't been in a while. Ball's covered. All right. Yep. So here's the deal. Paul is not gonna like the pick. We all know that. You heard it here first. He loves. The Alabama Crimson Tide said it on I the do. beginning of the show. Sat up there during Tom's show off the bench, the big boy show, and said his favorite game of the day is Alabama. Mm -hmm. Loves them, he said. Mm -hmm. It's true. I don't know if we should do a uh, – I, I don't think this should be a bucket list bet. But that's how good I feel about this game. Oof. Fenway Park opening day? Can't do that because we have Reds opening day here in Cincinnati, which is just a national pastime. It's a holiday. Um, what should what should we, we got enough people in the chat right now? What is the next bucket list bet? What should it be? And this time we genuinely will get a videographer, professional one at that, and we'll we'll document the whole trip. The concern I have for the last trip, if we documented it. We'd get divorced. It, yeah. Not, not it would it would have been epic. It would have been epic. <laughs> the problem is, is I think people would genuinely worry for us that right. we would actually have a problem. We don't have a problem. You don't leave the table and you don't leave anything if you're winning. Has anyone I got a question for you guys. Has anyone ever called the one eight hundred number and said they're winning too much? I'm placing so many bets that I'm winning too much. It's causing me to stay somewhere for too long. No. You obviously can have form an addiction, no doubt. But I've not been back to a casino since. Have you guys? No. Nope. No? no? Casey, have you? No? So there you go. Good thing comes, and you can accept it for what that is. It's a good thing. You don't have to go right back to the well. Um, but what should be the next thing? I mentioned waste management, but that's way too far. What? Um, Madison Square Garden's a good one. Ooh. That's yeah, almost too there. soon. I'll be there. I'll it's be almost, there. Come. It's almost too soon, though. It's like, I'll be ah, there. Yeah, honey. We got another one. I'll be there. Drive to New York. It's a great. It's the best week of the year. It's a good one. It is a good one. Never been to New York. The master. Sir boy. I'm going to need to. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do three. Bucket list bets in a row to get the Masters, right? I mean, Masters tickets are something stupid. I also, I have a weird thing about golf. 
I love golf. I hate watching it live at an event. You don't you don't get the same experience. It's hard to follow the storylines. You can't see everything. If I was able to like just enjoy a Thursday, maybe, but I don't want to be sitting. This is a wild take. Maybe one that people will laugh at. I don't even want to be there on a on a Masters Sunday because I love the television broadcast way too much for me to miss that. Going and trying to stand behind a gallery of people to see if John Rahm makes a 12-foot putt on hole 7 and then I got to rush to hole 8. I'll just watch it all on television, genuinely speaking. I've formed that opinion by going to the memorial a few times, which is something that, hey, we should probably do maybe a chatterbox as well. Going to a golf tournament is great, not downplaying it. I go to one tournament every year, one golf tournament every year. And I'll never go to another one because my yearly tradition on Father's Day every year is watching my brother Matt Mouse blow a lead in the Hamilton City Tournament. Happens every year. Can't wait for it this year. Shout out to Matt. <laughs> uh, Mouse Cops asked me if I'm taking the money line or the line. I'm taking the line. I'm taking minus two, whatever it is. What is it, two, two and a half? Two. I think it's three. It was three when I got it last night. Okay. Three. Three on Tennessee and no, minus one fifteen. When you got it, God, ten, two of Tennessee's best players are out too. I mean, when you uh, got it. All right, let's go. Let's go eat. All right, we're gonna go starving. eat. Starving. You're gonna come back in here tomorrow. I'm not gonna be here, and I'm gonna say I'm sorry for not being here in advance. But I'll be here Friday, I hope, to be able to tell you all about how Tennessee was the right play all along. And if you don't want to take it, you want to fade me, fade me, Mouse Cop, fade me, baby, fade me, Mouse Cop. We'll talk again on Friday. See how everything went. Till next time, enjoy your time, and we're going to go to lunch. See you.